0: do you think that the people at the top are just bought and paid for and then that's why they're perpetuating these narratives or do you think that they're ignorant to it to it let's go
1: welcome to citizen we've got a special guest today oh man i don't know how to say your name candace horbach Bog- Bog- back back Mm, I don't like that. Uh, was that Polish or some <laughs> it's shit? It's
0: Polish, yeah.
1: Wow. Um, so, you know, I've been trying to, I, I was explaining it to you before the show. Uh, the reason why I've started this show in the first place is kind of to collect information for a book that I'm working on of the same name. Um, <clears throat> And we have this list of principles, you know, and I don't, I don't try to, I don't want to be too obtuse about it because it's kind of just a jumping off point for most of these conversations, but um, I do like to have more, I, I like to have a good amount of women on discuss things from their perspective because I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of white dudes on talk shows talking about life and shit mm-hmm. and then, you know, making, uh, making assumptions for everybody and telling how the world is and stuff. And it's like, all right, well, maybe we should ask some people who are actually living life, you mm-hmm. know? So welcome to the show first.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, are you? I am excited. Yeah, this is a little bit different than the typical podcast that I go on.
1: What's the typical?
0: I would say ones that the entire point of the show is just to get clips, right? Like shock jocks, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Or like a gotcha podcast. Mm. I've done a couple of those where I've been well, invited and I'm like, well, this could be. We'll it's see, the beginning. Right? <laughs> so we have no idea where it's going to go. But yeah, you think it's well intended and then halfway through they bring on someone that just absolutely hates everything about you. You're like, I am not prepared for this situation. Oh, like
1: uh, like Jerry Springer where you're talking shit about one of your relatives and like, <laughs> oh, we got that bitch right here. And kinda yeah, that's that's kind funny, of, feels like, yeah. That's th- pretty th- funny, but not.
0: But then what you have to ask, why are you doing that, right? Is it to actually have an intelligent... Um, conversation and then maybe have a different view when you leave or is it just to make someone look stupid right yeah yeah
1: and i do a good enough job making myself look stupid so i don't need any help (laughs) from anybody um but yeah i like to get uh female perspectives on a lot of this stuff because um we've been on this kind of constant slide in my opinion downward right Mm. in the country generally but i think a big part of it is the relationship between masculinity and femininity. I don't just mean between men and women either. Mm -hmm. I mean, between the right and the left, you know how every, in every way that, um, that nurture and provide, protect, intersect with one another. Mm -hmm. We seem to have our wires pretty crossed now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's very bizarre. Like I understood the, I understand why women want autonomy and a voice and all this stuff no question about that. Uh, and I also understand why they may feel insecure about their current status with regard to interpersonal relationships with men because men are a bunch of fucking pussies now, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so you, the, we'll, we'll start off with this. You were talking the other day on uh, social media about something about bringing a man, bringing a woman peace to peace mm-hmm. rather by, Uh, I guess extracting her out of her masculine phase or Mm -hmm. masculine arrow, however we're referring to that. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that means?
0: So I saw this quote, um, and it's been interpreted a thousand different ways, but I think the first principle of it rings true for everyone, which is, a soft man makes a hard woman. Mm. So we have all of this criticism on women that are in their masculine that are trying to compete with men. And it's how can I be a boss bitch? How can I create my own company? I'm going to put off getting married, put off having kids. None of that actually matters. What matters is competition and acquiring. And I would feel like those are typically more male traits instead of nurturing and being and surrendering and having that softness and openness and kind of attracting versus going after I think that's the difference between the masculine and the feminine But if you have men that aren't showing up they're not providing and I like to distinguish between just like finances and Mm -hmm. providing energetically whether it's through like your faith or your security or it could be finances I think it's more that unwavering steadfastness that you want out of a man so if you can't have A man that's showing up in a way that makes a woman feel safe then she tends to say okay well this is all on my shoulders and I have to do it so fuck him fuck all guys and I'm just gonna have to be everything for myself and we're not meant to do that like historically we're not I don't think anyone is supposed to be on all of the time let alone a woman like we're typically not the conquerors um so then you have this woman that's in her hyper masculine so most women traditionally speaking, want a masculine man. So Mm. they go after what they want, but now you have two alphas in a situation and then that stubbornness comes out ahead. So unless he can be in a place where he convinces her that she's safe and she can kind of put down her armor, then that relationship's never going to work. So then she tends to find soft men that she can trample all over, Mm. but she doesn't want to be with that kind of guy. So it's this never-ending cycle essentially that we're kind of stuck in.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh it sucks, to be honest. Um, that we've gotten to this point. And it's because it's so I guess the results are so polar that typically people when confronted about this, even if it's just in casual conversation, will become defensive and retreat to their corner and be like, Well, women are just all bitches or men are just all weak these days and like Mm -hmm. there's i'm sure from their perspective there's some truth to that statement right because you you know reality our perception is reality but Mm -hmm. um and but that's not how you solve problems right like it's if your house is on fire and everybody sits around and it's like, you know, fire sucks, dude. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so does losing all your shit. It's like, yeah, it does suck. You know. Maybe we should put this fucking fire out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, uh, you know, well, let, let's go back a little bit. Where, where do you think this started? Because I'm, oh, I'm not sure that it matters specifically it's not not to assign blame or anything like that but i do think when you're diagnosing a problem it's good to know what the history of the problem is so you can kind of work backwards right
0: so my understanding is it's kind of an overcorrection from when women didn't have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was only one path and that was the trad path and you had to be a wife, had to be a mom, weren't allowed to work. weren't You allowed said to trad work.
1: traditional, right?
0: Right. Yeah. So that was the only path. And of course, there are some women that thrive in that condition and there's other women that want some kind of hybrid mm-hmm. or alternative lifestyle to that. So an overcorrection to not having a choice was to kind of demonize the family and demonize being a mom, right? Like, oh, you're just a mom, you don't work, that's embarrassing essentially, that's not worthwhile. So then you had the 2000s and I think that was the girl power era, you know what I mean? It was the Spice Girls, it was- Mm. um, Paris Hilton. Right, like you just like be your own woman, you don't Mm. need anyone else. And I think that that, I mean, it's not true. It's just like fundamentally not true. We're social creatures. We need each other. I think the whole point of this thing we call life is to find relationships that make meaning for our existence. Um, So to just completely discount the other sex as worthless and useless is going to be a problem. And then you see this now. I had um, Stephen Shaw recently on my podcast, and he was saying that out of all of the childless women and all of the women that aren't married, like something like 80 or 90% of them, that wasn't what they wanted. It Mm. was like, oops, this accidentally happened. And it was because in the interview of his documentary, all these women were like, I'm just gonna put off finding the right person. Um, I'm gonna put off having kids. My job comes first. I need to be settled first. It was kind of instilling doubt within these foundations that typically were all that we had. So it was putting value where it, I guess is more meaningless typically. So I guess that's kind of the origin. And then it just, I don't know, I think it got exacerbated because all we do is point fingers at one another instead of just taking accountability. Mm. So I can say, and this is just personal antidote, I'm definitely someone that struggles to get out of my masculine. Like that's where I'm at. It's, you know, part of my nature and then part of my upbringing so i do a lot of work to learn how to soften and trust and not feel like i have to be my own defender all of Mm. the time instead i could you know blame and say it's all these men in my life and they did this that and the other but is that going to make me happy at the end of the day yes or no and it's like what do i want to attract and what kind of i don't know woman do i want to be so like starting with yourself instead of pointing outward
1: yeah i mean i don't want to shit talk childless women because i think one we lied to these people we as a society lied mm-hmm. to them saying mm-hmm. that you can wait and you can't right like i can wait forever if i want i can have yeah. kids i mean de niro and and mm-hmm. and uh, pacino are still putting out kids in their the 80s, 70, now, oh,
0: 80s oh my god yeah uh yeah. pacino's 83 oh my okay yeah, yeah that's so he's not surprising. gonna make that t-ball game i don't
1: think but um <laughs> you know women you're on a clock it, it's it's not like I don't know. You you say things like that and people think you're trying to be sexist or rush somebody. It's like, no, that is a biological fact. For sure. You are on a clock, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, I've had these conversations with women in their um late 20s and early 30s. They're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm even going to have kids because I've got to meet a guy and it's going to take three or four years after that before we have a child together. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did nobody tell you this when you were 16?
0: No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They basically said that it was misogynistic and um, biological factors don't really exist. And then they said that egg freezing works and then we're finding out that doesn't really work. And then you see these celebrities like Courtney Kardashian is 42 and just mm-hmm. had a baby. You're like, oh, well, see, I can have that. Well, what she's not saying is that's probably not her egg. And if it is, it's her mm-hmm. egg from when she was 20. Yeah. And it was probably her 50th attempt. And it's not to shame childless women at all, because I think if, you don't want kids you shouldn't be a parent Mm. right like I don't want to force people to have kids who don't want to be a parent because it is a really hard difficult job and it's a massive responsibility. So the last parent that should be a parent is one that doesn't want to be one. But um in that documentary, it wasn't that there was an uptick in women that didn't want kids. That was pretty steady mm. across time. It was an uptick in women that wanted kids that were like, oops, I don't know how I got here. And to me that's really devastating because what do you do? There's nothing you can't go back. You can't undo your decisions from your youth. So I think it's more a cautionary tale to younger women to say this is a reality. And while you have every right to like pursue your passions and your dreams and your ambitions, you also have to put in the time to meet the right person mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do. And that's what your 20s is for, like your early 20s. And it's not to waste your time with people that you know are not the right person. And I see that all of the time. It's this um, – underlying feeling of like i don't deserve enough this is as good as it's going to get so i'm going to stay with the wrong person rather than just acknowledge that you know not everyone's compatible and move on and have faith that you'll meet the right person through through actions like right the right actions and putting yourself in the right scenarios and investing in that like you would at anything else
1: yeah i wonder um in addition to the social pressures i wonder if this isn't like some uh at least partially the result of a a broader culture shift economically as well. You know what I mean? Because it used to be that male or female, but let's say men, um, it's 18 and I've got to get a job, Mm -hmm. right? I have to find a career or go to school and find a career and then buy a house by the time I'm 25. Like people we're like, oh, you don't have to fit into societal norms. You should reject that. Well, maybe it existed for a fucking reason, retard. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the cultural shift now isn't just I think that messaging that, you know, you shouldn't have to conform to societal norms was precipitated by the fact that we've made certain things unaffordable for people as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So because of, you know, uh, student loans, um, stagflation and, and wages and then, you know, the housing market being fucked up. That is a pipe dream for most twenty-five year olds now. It used to be by between twenty-five and twenty-eight is when you bought a starter home, one hundred fifty thousand bucks or something like that. Good um,
0: luck.
1: <clears throat> yeah, those don't exist.
0: Yeah, isn't the average in the high four hundreds now? It's it's like four
1: fifty-seven, I think. Yeah, for that—that's nas- That's including here in Wilmington, I guess, right?
0: Wilmington's um, really expensive. Well,
1: it's outside of Wilmington, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like in this in a, in a smaller city area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's. Uh, It's definitely being backed up by this stuff. It seems like all, all, and and maybe this is just how it goes, right? Maybe society can only stick stick together for a certain amount of time before it has to crumble a little bit. But it does seem like everything's kind of working against you now, unless you actively fight against it. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, again, I don't like, I don't like shit talking women, uh, childless women or anything. There's that's a big thing on the right now to fucking just go crazy on people who were lied to i don't know i don't know why you would try to dunk on that person that no, and that's no that's devastating stupid. right
0: if you have a woman that really wanted kids mm. and it's past that um of, like that's not no longer a viable option then why would you want to make that person feel mm. like shit like they're already going through it
1: yeah
0: um you should be mad at the system and mad at the narrative not mad yeah. at the individual
1: but statistically speaking the vast majority of women the vast majority like Uh, almost all women are going to be fulfilled in some kind of nurturing role right Mm -hmm. it's just the way your body is built Mm -hmm. um like you literally produce food that it should be a pretty good sign right that's (laughs) how it's supposed to be uh and it's whether it's as a wife and mother or in some other way that's where you're going to be most fulfilled right Mm -hmm. as a human being the same way that i'm going to be most fulfilled with some kind of purpose where I'm providing and protecting for some something right mm-hmm. children wife community whatever it is um and maybe there may, maybe there's the odd woman here and there who gets true fulfillment out of being a boss bitch or whatever the gay mm. phrase that people use for that <laughs> is um but that's not that's not common right I don't, that's I don't the outlier that. you can see uh the pain in their eyes and and the it's like the woman doth protest too much. It's like, all right, cool. I understand how fucking boss and bitch you are. Just relax. Maybe go fucking you know, <laughs> uh, uh, adopt a kid or something. Uh, download all your nonsense onto them. But yeah, it's 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 really upsetting, and it's bad for the country too. Like it's very. It, it, one of the things that irritates me the most about the the modern discourse around this stuff is how. So many conservative and libertarian people are so eat, quick to trash these women mm-hmm. or trash men who have fallen into that trap as well. It's like, all right, man. I mean, what are you what, are you trying to score points? Like, are you trying to improve the situation or are you trying to make a point? Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to make a point, go fuck yourself. I don't have time for that shit.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, go start your little show, your little podcast, and cut some clips and put them on TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, look at how cool I am. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, the whatever podcast. All they do is bring the dumbest women they can possibly find. It's basically Jay Leno's dumb guy on the street thing, and they Mm. just did it, but only anti-women. Right? You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, why don't you bring somebody that knows what they're talking about on for a change? You know what I mean?
0: They did. Did you see – it was the – I forget Destiny's wife's name. I think it's Melania, but they had Destiny and Melania on, and Destiny is as smart as they come, and he – like he thrives. I don't know what a
1: what a Destiny you, you don't know who Destiny is? No, I don't. I okay. don't do I don't do pop culture and stuff. Oh, uh, no he's really
0: is. he's great. Yeah, so he's really great at debates. It's kind mm. of his shtick and he will thoroughly go through both sides, so he's really hard to beat in any debate. So they brought him and his wife on and his wife has an only fans account and you know, they went to dunk and destiny and his wife were just calm cool collected um they were retorting like any facts that were getting thrown at them that were just false right but you can kind of manipulate data to suggest whatever you want and then she cut the episode and put it out on her channel and his channel went viral because what ended up happening was you had all of these like red pill young dudes on the other side that were basically saying um If a wife cheats on her husband, the guy should divorce her immediately, Mm. like no questions asked. If the husband hits the wife, well, she should endure it and they should go to counseling. And, you know, just enough Jesus will fix that problem. And I was like, coming from a home that had abuse. It is a matter of time from when you're hitting a woman to when you start hitting the kid and Mm. vice versa, right? So if you have a man that is not in control of himself and his emotions and feelings, and he is just like a victim to that, that's a dangerous person to be around. So you as a mom, as a woman, it is your responsibility to protect your kids, Mm. right? Get them out of that situation. Whereas I was like, I just don't understand that these mental gymnastics to justify one and not the other. You can say, I don't support divorce or that shouldn't be a first response Sure, but when it comes to something like abuse, it's just, it was an insane thing to defend. But yeah, that's those are the podcasts that are going viral right now. <laughs> Young people are watching this, and this is alarming. Like, no, don't hit women or your kids.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, every now and again, a rap on the beak, but, in, you know, playfully, for the kid or for the wife uh well so i like to trip kids you know i think that i feel like that's pretty safe
0: (laughs) yeah see like tripping's fine like rough and tumble play Mm -hmm. 100 percent. it's crucial yeah but like uh we had this conversation at a party the other day and um they were it was everyone that didn't have a kid of course had an opinion and they were in supporting of hitting your kid and i was like well single people
1: have the best relationship advice of
0: course yeah. And it's, it's like and being parenting a fucking, advice.
1: it's like being a professor in business school. Like, what business did you run, bitch? <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
0: My e commerce on Instagram. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it's it, it, that's what was the conversation
0: at the party? Um, that you should absolutely hit a kid. And I was like, okay, so why can't you hit your spouse?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're like, oh, well, it's different. I was like, I actually think, and, I mean this is I have not thoroughly thought this out so maybe I'm going to regret saying this but I think that it makes more sense to hit your wife than it does to hit your kid right because she can Clip
1: that JB <laughs> Clip that put it on my highlight reel
0: I'm about to get attacked, but like me as a grown woman, I can read the room, right? I can assess a threat coming Mm -hmm. at me. I can remove myself. I have a lot of options, whereas that kid is stuck. Mm -hmm. So if you're hitting that kid, what is that kid gonna do except for internalize it, and then that turns into damage way down the road. So I think when you have more sovereignty and agency as an adult, it makes more sense. If you're going to justify physical abuse, right? Versus this little thing that is completely defenseless and looks at you like you are everything, like mm. you are their whole universe. And yeah, I don't know. I think if you you can't stand by one and not the other, and obviously sure. I don't support either. So mm. I'm saying if you're going to say yeah, hit your kid, then well, why does it stop at your kid?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I I that logic tracks to some degree. I, I mm-hmm. again, yeah, probably don't hit your wife either. No, don't hit your wife. She's asking for it. <laughs> but not in
0: context yeah
1: but like in a in a kind way i guess well not kind necessarily but let's leave it there um but i guess the what i would ask is to to the person who says that about hitting their kid because i've um this is not the same but i've trained 17 18 19 year olds to go to war right Mm -hmm. which is similar frankly i mean it's it's dumb it's the first time they've ever been away from home they've got a very small amount of money um, because they're a soldier, people respect them to some degree, though they deserve none, right? Not yet, anyways, because mm-hmm. they're fucking knuckleheads. Because I was, um, and they're drunk; they're like little drunk children mm-hmm. running around. Um, and I wonder, you know, as I grew as a leader, it's it occurred to me like the way I, the way that I interact with and discipline this person is going to determine what motivates them. You know what I mean? They're going to learn from me how to get what they want out of me, which is my my compliance, my respect, me to reward them, me to praise them, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I giving them as the stick or the carrot to make that happen? Because that's going to shape who they become as a person. This episode is brought to you by com forward slash drag your bros GhostBed. It's the best bed in the world. It's the most comfortable sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And, you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to Drinking Bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So, this is the email they sent us. We want Drinking Bros to get the best offer. So, I updated the code for 50% site wide. That's 50% site wide. Use the code Drinking Bros. Drinking Bros with no G for 50% off site wide. Everything that you buy on this site is going to be. 50% 50% off. Again, they get the best pillows, sheets, mattresses. They get the mattress protector. Uh, if you're if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress, they have pretty much everything you need. They've got weighted blankets now. They've got the adjustable base, which we really like. I've got one in my home. So go to ghostbed.com, 4 size drink bros Use the code bros for 50% off site-wide. And don't forget about their page as go plan if you're with approved credit. You're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month. It's nothing. Go to GhostBed.com forward slash Bros today and use the code Bros for 50% off. This episode is also brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com, the best coffee in the world. As a matter of fact, they won both the gold and bronze medal at the Golden Bean Awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category. So the best coffee on earth literally was Circus Bear by Black Rifle, one of their ECS. So I recommend that you go sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Use the code CITIZEN, you're gonna get those points off. And uh, you know you get all the benefits for being in the coffee club, you get the free shipping, you get access to all the partner deals, uh, uh, you get access to the exclusive coffee club, you get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does. You know It's a very large club that they have over there. And the coffees are premium. Every single one of them is good. Uh, you, you're going to get experience for, you, you can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silencer or smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or, and or rather, you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club, and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean. So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and their buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code Citizen. You're gonna get those points off. This episode is brought to you by firstform.com/slash Citizen. Free shipping on all orders over $75 when you use the link. And you're not going to spend less than 75 bucks. I mean, they get the best products in the world, especially the OptiGreens. You know me. I don't eat vegetables um, because they're fucking pointless. So I supplement with OptiGreens 50 from First Form. It is precisely formulated green superfood powder meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. It's really good. Aside from just getting the daily greens into your body that you need and make sure, by the way, you're taking this with MCT because you have to take anything like this with MCT, 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and your digestive tract, right? So healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness, not to mention that most of your serotonin, I think 96% of your serotonin or 94% is made in your gut as well. So you're going to be in a better mood. You're going to feel better physically and you're going to feel better mentally if you are taking these greens. OptiGreen 50 has 50 chosen ingredients, uh, effectively dosed. It's not necessarily how many ingredients there are, though, but it's, a, it's about the right amount of each. Taste and texture not like no other product in the market. It's not gritty. doesn't have a weird flavor. It's got sweet berry flavors, actually. Uh, 100% of the greens are all grown and manufactured inside the United States, and they are bioavailable. Now, they've got other products as well. They've got the microfactor, which you see behind me on every show, uh, and I take them every day. You know, you got essential fatty acids, CoQ10, you got all the stuff you need and one little packet for your daily vitamin pack. And you mix that, you, you make yourself uh, uh, OptiGreens 50 shake, and you, and you take those pills with it, and you're going to improve your life precipitously. You're going to feel better, you're going to look better, so on and so forth. So go to firstform.com, that's 1-S-T-P-H-O-R-M.com, forward slash citizen, use the code you're gonna get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Do I want my, do I want my child to be motivated by fear? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. No. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's not about like, for me, cracking a kid upside the head because they're acting like an asshole is I'm comfortable with that. But like, I I was beaten. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just like, It goes one of two ways. You either become motivated by fear or you shut everything down, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the two options that usually happen there. And for me, it was the latter, uh, which was easy for me, luckily. But um, yeah, when that kid's 18, 19 years old and they're – let's back it up. When they're 14, 15 in high school and they're making decisions Mm -hmm. autonomously out in the world, are they going to be motivated by fear or are they going to make good decisions because they have – moral and ethical grounding
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: what i mean did you sit them down and explain to them exactly why the fuck it's wrong what they did
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what i mean did from day one did you explain to them that every meaningful thing you do in life will be in the service of other people and it's not about you you mm-hmm. little cunt you know what I mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just not about you you can't do that if you hit them i don't think i think no. you lose respect mm-hmm. to some degree I, and i don't mean like <sighs> again if we're out in public and my kid standing next to me and we're in line at the at the store or something, and somebody hands him something and he doesn't say thank you. He's getting swatted in the head a little bit, right? Not enough for CTE. But he's gonna get <laughs> he's gonna get reminded what he was supposed to do. If it's a little girl, I would never do that. I know that's a double standard, but there is a double standard because there are two different things.
0: But don't you want him to say thank you because he understands like the value of it, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just like you didn't Well, the it's wrong just a thing. reminder,
1: right? It's yeah. just like, hey. I wouldn't like I'm not gonna <laughs> knock it down on the ground. It's like, hey, fuck mm-hmm. are you doing, man. Yeah.
0: You know
1: what I mean? I and it's I think it's like you you have to there has to be some sternness to it, but also a level of playfulness, like, hey, you know this is what right, you're right, supposed right. to be doing.
0: And that's the thing, right? So it's um like the intention behind it. So mm. you can do something that's like a whack that's like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. And then you can do something that is fear-based or that yeah. is uh like emotionally vomiting yeah, on your kid yeah. right like
1: my dad would um come home from work and just i guess be mad He mm-hmm. was like hey you guys come in here you're getting spanked i'm like oh shit mm-hmm. i don't remember doing anything but let's yeah. do this
2: mm-hmm.
1: just like sit there and for half an hour and get the shit kicked out of you and then move on with your day it's like all right well that didn't make a lot of sense i luckily yeah. i was i was a weird kid so i knew that that wasn't the way things are supposed to be mm-hmm. um but yeah, I can see like a normal child that, that would be devastating because you're right. That's like every, their whole life right there. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is who I am as a person. I'm the person that gets hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's not a good fucking... Right, and the world good, is yeah, bad and yeah.
0: painful and...
1: Yeah, because, you know, it, again, it shapes everything you do for the rest of your life. So to go back to the beginning of this, what is it that you want to motivate your child when they become an adult right
0: i would there's a lot of things like i don't i don't think there's gonna be like one answer but i would say curiosity is one right i want them to do what like feeds their their Mm. soul right like i don't want them and i think this is this goes back to the beginning of the conversation where you do have normal society and like the Traditional rules that you're supposed to adhere to, but for a long time, I think that that's also been pretty fucked, right? Mm. You have to go to work nine to five to work for someone else, and you better not speak up. Just put your head down, do your work, go home, drink, maybe you know, be intimate with the wife, rinse and repeat, right? That's not a life either. So a life, a life that has meaning, contribution is absolutely a part of that, right? So again, it's not all about you. So how can you do something that serves you and serves others at the same time like what is the most good for all and um to be unapologetically himself right whether that means going up against a crowd i think part of his their struggle um for both of the my children is going to be like you know mom and what mom did before mom was mom and that's going to be theirs to figure out. Like we'll be there to support them throughout the entire thing, but that's definitely going to be an adversity. Mm. Um, so don't feel like just because everyone is saying that you're doing something wrong, that you're wrong or so question like, rate, right, Like healthy mm. skepticism. Yeah. Well, it's a, um, that's
1: actually a middle English uh, uh, literary fallacy called a bad man, bad idea. I think is how they summarize it, but it's like, um, it, you attack an idea by saying the person saying it is a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the yeah, it, this came up a lot with uh Putin and Ukraine, where people were <clears throat> uh Putin was like, Hey, you guys have literal Nazis, right? And he, not that it had any, the, the context was just for propaganda. Mm-hmm. They did not invade Ukraine to get rid of Nazis, they invaded it because they wanted Donbass region, right? But he's when when he said that, I was like, Yeah, that's true. I mean, If you're a supporter of Ukraine, you have to face that reality. That's a real thing, right? If you're like, no, you're just a fucking Putin supporter. I'm like, no, he's an asshole. But he said something that's true. And you can't just eschew that because you don't like him, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That's an important thing to teach kids, too. Because, and we'll get into this in a minute, too, because I know you're fucking balls deep in this situation, (laughs) uh, even though your kids aren't quite in school yet. But I know you're looking forward to that. Um, the, The modern system of schooling. And when I say modern, I mean from the very turn of the 20th century has been about producing compliant workers. Mm -hmm. So to your point about living a meaningful life, that's not what we've done with our education system. And over time, over the last, let's say 30 years, the second half of that, which is career building and uh, uh, buying a home, which is how the vast majority of the middle class makes the vast majority of their wealth through the equity in their home, right? Mm -hmm. Through their mortgage. Mm -hmm. Um, we've eroded all of these things now. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's, I don't know that he could have seen it at the time, uh, or they could have rather, but Ford and Rockefeller, the way they set up the education system in America was like, it could only end this way. Right. It could only end in people being taken advantage of. And I mean, and we saw it in the early part of the 20th century as well. Uh, even around here, my grandmother worked at a textile mill Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Um, and they build an entire community and then they have the company store, right? And you get credit at the company store. Part of your paycheck is to get credit to buy shit from the company that you work for. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. I don't know if people understand how fucked up and nefarious that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can here, here's your money, but yeah. we're keeping some of it. And there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about that. It's like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this whole system has been set up to extract labor and wealth from common people. And that's been the case throughout all of human history, no matter how great or bad the system of government was, it's always, government is always about that, mm-hmm. right? Or it becomes about that at some point. So, you know, to find meaning through all that, to be able to, like you said, find something that satisfies you and where you can contribute to other people because you will not feel good if you do it all for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, some If you're a psychopath, maybe, but mm-hmm. that's just not how most people work. Um,
0: well, even then, right? So if you take someone like Bill Gates, like he is one of the richest men on the planet and it's still not enough. He's mm-hmm. how can I take all of the apples and put this appeal on it? How can I own all of the potatoes <laughs> yeah. for McDonald's? How can I, right? It's, it's like that hungry ghost. So you're never mm-hmm. satiated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I wonder, you know, I wonder what it means even to have a meaningful life. I mean, I do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty, I don't know. I, I, I've got a hungry ghost going on too, but it's not about controlling other people. I just see Mm -hmm. like, there's so much. I've had, I guess, both the opportunity, pleasure and misfortune of having seen the worst parts of humanity Mm -hmm. in my adult life and I guess in my childhood as well, but mostly my adult life. And you know, you can become just as—I don't know—maniacal and pathological about other people as you can about being self-centered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a—that's a constant struggle for me. Like when I—I I, okay, I need to fucking take a nap, mm-hmm. otherwise my fucking brain's gonna fall out of my head mm-hmm. or something. I, it's so I wonder, like, when you're—we're—we're we're in a—we're in a different kind of world now. And we have more options. Like, <clears throat> there were people who homeschooled back in the 80s and 90s, but it was rare. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more common now. As a matter of fact, it's the fastest growing form of education in America right now. For all the obvious reasons, I don't think we need to sit here and explain why that's happening. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as your kids, you've got one turning four mm-hmm. and the other one is 18 months.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, 16.
1: 16. Oh, yeah. sorry.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, big difference. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm sure it is. Um, what, what are you looking forward to and what are you concerned about, I guess?
0: So I'm concerned that there's not, at least where we live right now, there's not an option that I feel that my voice matters, that my concerns matter. It, this is going to sound absurd, but my almost four-year-old, we have had so many meetings with all of the administrators because even at this early age, they have diversity, equity, inclusion classes. Isn't that nuts? And they're teaching them about alternative relationships, right? And it's just they're not developmentally ready to where any of that's appropriate, any of that's appropriate. One of the lessons that they did and it was for this year and I, I pull him out on those days. He doesn't go. It used to be a conversation just show me what you're going to teach them because maybe it's not as bad as I think it's going to be. I try to remain open to it. And then I felt like during the meetings they were intentionally hiding information. So once that happened I'm like you can't be trusted. So mm. I'm, you're not going to be with my kid on those days. They had the kids um take different uh handprint drawings and they had all of these skin color crayons. And I was like, "Well, find your skin color." And this is what this skin color is. And I'm like, "Well, why are you d- like already differentiating that when they don't see race yet? Like they, they just don't. It's that part of their brain's not developed." And it just seems like an intentional an intentional stealing of innocence and purity Mm. prematurely and you have to ask yourself, why are they doing that? So there is no school here, private or public, that's not doing some level of that. So then what do I do? Do I homeschool? right now that's the most viable option starting a pod maybe starting a franchise school mm. something like that i mean i've even considered moving to austin strictly because there's schools out there that i like mm. and that not you everyone can, say can do that Zan, it's fine yeah well so yeah his apogee mm. school is incredible mm. so um, that's something that i would love to either start in wilmington yeah. that is one reason <laughs> i was looking at austin because what are your options not everyone has the availability for homeschooling that requires a ton of time one of the parents is going to have to stay home. I pretty much am a stay-at-home mom, but there still is this this feeling of, well, I can't do it, which is insane because if you look at the morons that are doing it, you're like, I know I can do better than that person and that person's a teacher. But I think it goes back to traditional schooling where we have been instilled with this Mm self-doubt and then you have to consciously remove that all the time in different areas of your life. So I have this self-doubt of, well, I can't homeschool as good as you know, so and so. Why is that? Why do I think that I'm not going to do as good of a job as someone that has rainbow hair, their face is pierced up, and they have every single rainbow flag behind them? I can definitely do a better job than that person, and that person's hired by the state.
1: Yeah. So I mean, is you know, just you can pull up a YouTube video to teach them shit without exposing the weirdness. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, and it is the 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 sex stuff is very bizarre to me. That's that is new, but.
0: And it's so young. Yeah, but it the, so young. The
1: DEI stuff, I don't think it is. I think it's just a new form of racism, to be honest. Like, I remember when I was in, um I think it was in four year kindergarten, or maybe it was kindergarten. It was one of the two. Um, and uh, this little black girl in my class kissed me on the cheek, and it became a scandal. My parents were like, You can't do that. I'm like, What do you mean? I, I didn't understand. I was fucking mm. four or five years old. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, she's black. I'm like, What? Mm-hmm. and looking back on that now and the teacher would have had to have told them that because they wouldn't have known otherwise Oh yeah. it's like so my old white teacher old lady mm-hmm. told my parents white parents it's like oh shit there's some stuff going on there like what why would that even be relevant it's, um, you know what I mean yeah. like just leave kids alone it's just what the innocent, fuck's wrong with yeah. you um, and it wasn't like obviously it wasn't sexualized we're like no. fucking children No. she was just being sweet to me probably because she has an older brother
0: right mm-hmm. and that's
1: how they interact Um, and I think this is just a repackaging of that. It is just, you know, whatever you can do and it's, it's subtle. I don't, people think that there's like some cabal with people twisting their mustaches up, planning all this stuff. I think it just happens because hate permeates. It's, it's, it's like a psychological cancer. Um, and it, it benefits certain people for us to be divided. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because if someone's. Trying to divide you, they're trying to conquer you. That's where the phrase comes from. That's mm-hmm. that's a, been a military strategy for quite some time now, um, and we buy into that stuff pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's like, oh yeah, that person that's different than me, they are up to something. You know what I mean? We're seeing it now with the with the Jew stuff. It's like, dude, have you ever met a fucking Jewish person in your life? <laughs> you you really think Ari is out there plotting? <laughs> against people no dude he's trying to make fucking money for his family he doesn't give a fuck about any of this shit mm-hmm. uh it's just but it's so it's so easy for, for us to fall into that trap for some reason
0: it, well, i see- don't know if
1: it's like a vestigial uh, uh tribalism or what the fuck it is
0: partially probably right like i think a lot of modernity is overcoming your evolutionary biology mm-hmm. so there's going to be some of that but i think where you become a a an actualized adult is being able to say that's not mine or that's not Mm. programming that I want anymore and then to be able to pluck it out rather than to just be a victim of it and say, oh, well, don't you know that this is how I'm wired, so this is how I'm going to behave? Like, no, you have that frontal lobe for a reason. You can choose for me or not for me. But knowing that division weakens a country, weakens a society and a people, and I feel like that's pretty well known, do you think that the people at the top are just bought and paid for, and then that's why they're perpetuating these narratives. Or do you think that they're ignorant to it? To it, because as much as like it's not someone that's like ha ha ha. How can I mm. do this? Kind of a little bit like someone. C- is. Certain
1: folks, yeah. I mean, like the Soros people, right? For sure, yeah, yeah that's the, calculated. Uh, Klaus Schwab. I, I feel like people like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I, I try to put myself in people's shoes, like Bill Gates, for example. He's like okay, there's probably a famine that's going to come at some point. And he's probably right about that for whatever reason. A solar storm knocks out our power supply and we can't operate. So do you know how modern crops are planted? No. Eight months prior, this machine that uses GPS will go put fertilizer in the ground. Boom, boom, boom. And then eight months later, that same machine was by and puts the plant right on top of the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a human being, unfortunately, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can, but it's way harder, right? So- if the power goes out, then we're going to have some fucking problems, right? So mm-hmm. a guy like Bill Gates is like, well, I have the resources to try to help insulate our farming system from natural disasters. And he thinks that way, right? Mm-hmm. But that always invariably leads to some kind of fucked up crazy bullshit, mm-hmm. like how he released 400,000 mosquitoes into Louisiana or whatever the fuck. It's like, oh, no, they're inert. We got rid of the ones that carry the the uh, whatever... Whatever that disease is, malaria. Mm-hmm. It's like, did you or did you mutate an animal like outside of the norm of nature? And now we're gonna see what fucking happens. You know right? Because
0: wasn't he inoculating the mosquitoes in Africa? Mm-hmm. And why are you? I don't know. Everyone has different responses to everything. No, yeah. you can't just do that. What they were? Um, I saw. I don't know if there's like a lot of truth to this, but they were suggesting putting Lexapro in the water, like the public water. And so you can't do stuff like that. Like we have such bio, like biodiversity between mm-hmm. each person that what works for someone else could be deadly to someone right next to them. So how do you yeah. say we're gonna put this vaccine in a mosquito and that's mm-hmm. gonna be safe for everyone, and we're gonna drug your water and that's yeah. gonna be safe for everyone? Well,
1: we 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 fuck it up enough on accident.
0: <laughs> right. we, we
1: can't afford to fuck it up on purpose. You know, like uh, microplastics for example, mm-hmm. or hormones in food. We right. have completely destroyed testosterone. Yeah uh like if you're over if you're a dude over 28 you probably need to be supplementing testosterone it's it it would be shocking if you didn't Mm -hmm. because the average 21 year old in america now has the same testosterone that an 80 year old had in 2001.
0: Yeah, have you seen those pictures? They'll take uh guys from the 50s and mm. they'll be like these were 18-year-olds and they look like grown men. Mm-hmm. You're like, what happened? But, like men and boys don't look like that anymore.
1: Yeah. And we're not living longer as a result either. I think mm-hmm. actually the um the median age for men in US, the data from last year just came in and it's down to 73 from 76. Whoa. Yeah. But I mean a lot of that's probably due to 60-year-olds dying from COVID and shit over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. but um it's not great. I mean, it's not, you, you certainly can't say that whatever we're doing to stay young is working, mm-hmm. right? And we're not healthy anymore. Our bone density is down. When people, so the Marine Corps, I talked to some people in the brass in the Marine Corps. They're having to give kids like B shots and calcium shots when they come into basic training now. Whoa. Because their bone density is down.
0: And that's just from not lifting and just moving. not being
1: active. Yeah. Yeah. Like your bone density grows precipitously between like ages three and 15 give or take Mm -hmm. that's the time that's really important to be active Mm -hmm. not necessarily lifting heavy weights and stuff but moving around certainly not playing video games all the time Mm -hmm. i love playing video games they're Mm -hmm. fun i like to get high and play video games but i grew up being forced to go outside Mm -hmm. and the video game was a reward after Mm -hmm. you know so you know like i've had a lot of these conversations about how to live yourself and then parent and lead in modernity it's like you don't have to be a luddite you don't have to become an amish person and Mm -hmm. move to the farm somewhere whatever people say now um but you should have a healthy relationship with your environment Mm -hmm. whether it's tv screens or the woods or whatever right Mm -hmm. uh you got to figure out some kind of balance there and you're going to get into it soon right Mm -hmm. i mean at some point no matter how much you parent, your kids are going to start wanting to do their own shit and you're going to deal with a couple of assholes.
0: You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? For sure, at some point, yeah. yeah. I think everything's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to overindulge in any one thing. And I think that that's a good point is you do have, again, this kind of overcorrection where people are saying... Just go start a farm, right, because that's so easy. Just go buy a whole bunch of land, start a farm, leave society, never look at technology again instead of embracing technology as something that's inevitable. Mm. I want my kid to be able to um, to keep up with everyone else, but at the same time, I don't want that to consume him. So you do see that a lot of these gamers that don't leave, like they look frail, right? Like that's all they do mm. is they like, game, game, game all day. So yeah, you can learn how to game. I think that there's a lot of benefit from that and like problem solving, um, creating of thinking all of that but also go outside and ground right like take your shoes off go run through the the woods go get dirty Uh, all of these things are important have skin uh, sunlight touch your skin it's these age-old medicines that we have kind of taken for granted and thought were just like woo-woo and didn't mean anything but now we're learning through work through Andrew Huberman and people like Gary Brecka I think is his last name um you can spend one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on a red light bed, or you can just go outside in the morning, and that's free, right? They've been doing that since the dawn of time, so it's a balance between all of the things, and not to just overly indulge in any one thing, right? You want to be well-rounded.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, certainly a polymath these days, right? Somebody that at least has a working relationship with all the facts around them to some degree, and that's that used mm-hmm. to be what college was about, right? You went to learn. You went to college to learn how to write. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of an incubator for different ideas and stuff. You learn how to be an adult a little bit in a, in a more or less consequence-free environment, uh, and then you learn how to look shit up, right? You learn how to take a bullet point and go find out more information about that. That's the thing that I really uh, learned there, and it's like <clears throat> now it's just about indoctrination, but you can still, that that process and teaching those skills is still important, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have to find a way to do that outside of, the university system because I let less and less men are going to college, mm-hmm. which is good. I think I think it's a waste of fucking time. I went. I have four degrees. I, I've never used any of them. Four? Yeah. Jeez. It's fucking stupid. Well, I didn't pay for any of it, so that was.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one, and I don't use it either.
1: That's fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know, that process certainly um, getting farther and farther away from. Not the control of your parents, but from the safety net. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. It's like taking the training wheels off of your bicycle. Mm-hmm. You learn how to fucking do it by yourself, and the, we we that's another thing. One of the biggest, well, <laughs> aside from just being brainwashed and being like kids who think they're like professional protesters now and stuff like that, it's like you're <laughs> a fucking loser, dude. Um, that that's one result of all this stuff. But the, you know, I wonder if there isn't some analog between these kids who have no life skills and can't leave the home and whatever the fuck and the relationship between masculine and feminine too. You know what I mean? Like we didn't empower these young men to go be masculine. And now we have women who are masculinized and men who aren't.
0: Well, do you think that the part of that is fatherless kids so you have so many single family households and dads that just aren't there for the child rearing sure. so then you leave the mom to do it and the way that a mom is going to raise a boy is very different than a, a man's going to raise a mm-hmm. boy and and it maybe this is because like i said earlier i i struggle not to be in my masculine but when i go to the playground even since my oldest was really little i kind of like let him do his thing right within reason i'm not going to let him fall from the very top and break a bone that would be reckless but I would have other moms looking at me like I was crazy, like I'm a bad mom. And I'm like, he's fine, right? Everything's padded nowadays. As long as he doesn't fall from the top, he's good. If he like falls, if he gets like a bloody knee, it's not the end of the world. And for them, they're literally – chasing their child around with like their arms mm. around the kid. I'm like that's not – and some sometimes the kids are older too and they're still doing yeah. it. There was this five-year-old at the playground and the dad, which was crazy, the dad was like circling her like a helicopter and wouldn't let her do anything. And my kid who's more than a year younger than her is just like swinging and mm. going and capable. So you want them to have that sense of um, self-reliance and confidence. And if you have a net around them all of the time, they're not going to be able to develop that. So it's like it's risk taking within reason, and mm. that's going to get bigger and bigger as they get older, yeah. and being able to let them go and get some bumps and bruises.
1: Yeah, I think I guess it depends on the culture too, right? Because so I don't I don't think that it's just fatherless homes, although it certainly plays a role to some degree. Um, and the what I will say is over the last thirty five or forty years. Uh, fatherless homes have overtaken poverty as the number one predictor of crime, which is the first time in recorded cri- recorded history of crime that that's been the case since, let's say, the last 250 years or so. So that's fucked up. That's not great, right? Mm-hmm. But white kids who raise who are raised in single mom households turn out to be pussies most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Safetyism, all that stuff, um, and then they try to exercise their masculinity in ways that is not good, mm-hmm. typically, um, and then the the but if you recall the black kids from the 80s and 90s who were raised in single mom households because their dads were thrown in jail for weed or whatever the fuck um and so a lot of it was violent crime as well um they typically turned to gangs and shit right which is that was what was available to them mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. for family they're looking for some kind of sense of family uh the white kid was became a fucking mama's boy and a black kid joined a gang, right? That's mm-hmm. not always the case, obviously. But that was a pretty prevalent thing for them. So I think um, it shows you a couple of things. One, there's kids are going to choose. There, there's going to be an option for them, and they're going to take that option, typically, mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for us to provide an option that makes fucking sense, Whether regardless of which culture we're talking about. If it is a culture that is more likely to join gangs, then we have to fucking put some grown men in those situations to give them another option, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That It just has to to mentor them and say, hey, you don't have to do this stupid bullshit. You can have a real life Mm -hmm. without looking over your shoulder and worrying about cops. And then for white kids, unfortunately, it's like suicide and mass shootings and shit is an outlet they find very frequently. And we have to do the same goddamn thing. We have to tell that kid, like, hey, you're fucking fine, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to make it in life. I know you don't have a dude around you right now but you, you got one now, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you can't you can't solve all the world's problems. I can't stop hunger. But I can stop that motherfucker's hunger right now. Mm-hmm. And that's people ask me a lot. <clears throat> like how where do where do you even cuz it's it gets overwhelming for people mm-hmm. because there's so much fucked up shit going on. I just had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. Like <sighs> she was asking me, "What can I do about Israel and Palestine because it seems fucked up like I see Israeli citizens getting killed and rockets and I see Palestinians getting bombed and women and kids are dying I'm like well why do you feel like you need to do something about that I mean what could you do you're a fucking like 25 year old woman what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. um and she's like well I gotta do something I'm like well it's good to have that impetus it's good to see people suffering and want to do something about it but you can't do anything about that specifically there's nothing you can do about that going and protesting in downtown Austin and throwing fucking smoke grenades around. What did you accomplish? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, last weekend. Um, Well, you
0: could donate, right? Like there's, if you find a cause that you like and you can donate, whether it's to military or to kids. or. But I don't think you're going to... You're not going to stop the war. You're not going to be
1: fulfilled that way. That's not going to scratch that itch, in my opinion. Um, That's thoughts and prayers, right? And people, deep down, I feel like they know that it's thoughts and prayers. But what you can do is you can take that energy and find a problem that you can solve because there is a problem out there that you can solve. As an individual, you can go like, I have a friend um, who takes her tween daughter to the women's shelter every Thursday for years. Mm. And that's what she, that's what they do on Thursdays. They go fucking help these women and these children who don't have dads, who yeah. have been in abusive situations. And they just tell them that it's okay and hang out with them. And give them their time which is your most precious resource right mm-hmm. everybody could do that mm-hmm. you can do that and you that'll change somebody's life you know what i mean you don't have to like you don't have to dive headlong into every single social event that happens now like I, these kids they just you can you can tell how deeply they want meaning in their lives mm-hmm. so i don't think that they're people think that kids are lazy and stupid and don't care about anything these days I don't, that's clearly not true right they mm-hmm. care very deeply about what's going on around them they just don't know how to react to it we mm-hmm. have not taught them like you see somebody that's struggling you fucking help them mm-hmm. period right you help them if especially if you're a man if you see uh if, if like i fly a lot so it's easy for me to find these opportunities but some little old lady trying to put her bag up I'm like that that's not happening if somebody doesn't get to it before me, I'm putting that woman But what happened
0: there. with that? Because that's how I was raised too, mm. right? It's like older women, women, children, pregnant women, all of these things. It's typical if you are like a healthy, capable mm. man that you help out or that in some way um, you're not ignoring those things. This hap- Well, that's
1: what a man would teach you, right?
0: I don't know. I feel like. I would. I teach that to my Mm. son already, and he's three, right? Like, if he's playing with a little girl, like Mm. I try to teach him how to interact in what way that I think is is proper.
1: Well, why do you think you do that?
0: Because that's how I was raised. Right, I I don't know. I think it's like. But you
1: were in a kind of tumultuous home life as a child as well, right? So
0: I was. So it's complicated. I think anyone that has an abusive parent, it's complicated, Mm -hmm. especially if they're narcissists or (coughs) they are a narcissist because you have really high highs and low lows. So my dad was um, CHP his Mm -hmm. whole life, and uh, there was
1: that's that's a California highway. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yes, and he was like on the motorcycles. That was one of his best friends actually, which is crazy. Um, they like met and they met during like a filming or something Mm. but when he was good he was good and when he was terrible he was terrible so you have these really big swings but obviously there's like a huge sense of like that hero archetype and Mm. contribution that was part of it and then i think he had his demons right and those show up in in different ways but there was this is what a man is Mm. and sometimes maybe that was maybe caricaturized a little bit too much and he maybe fell victim to that um but when i travel now This has happened when I was pregnant. This has happened when I've had like a baby strapped to me. I've had to like stand, and it's fine. I'm strong. I'm, you know, capable. I'm like, I'm not going to fall. I'm not sick or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I've had to stand in those trolleys and the subways and like young men, adult men, just like looking at me. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like what you're doing is wrong, right? You don't need that seat. If I I fall, my baby's going to potentially get hurt. And this is just crazy. Um, But I see that all the time.
1: Well, there's a saying in Texas and it goes something like uh, a woman should know how to change a tire, but she should never have to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had a lot of these conversations and people say, what do you think she can't do? It's like, we don't protect women because they're weak. We protect them because they're fucking important. Same thing with children. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we want to build strong children. Uh, and the fact is, and this is, this is true, whether you personally have kids or not, um, but everything that a little girl learns about how she's supposed to be treated by men, she will learn from how her father treats her mother. And then everything, a little boy learns about how he's supposed to treat women will be how his father treats his mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some, (sighs) the inverse of that is true as well. Mm -hmm. Like having a toxic mom is probably not a good thing either. I never had to deal with that. Uh, But I'm sure that's probably just as bad in different ways. But uh, you know, setting the standard for how society is supposed to run is the man's job because it is our responsibility to provide and protect. That's just how it is. Like you can, you can talk about how a fucking boss and whatever the fuck women are and shit. It's like, yeah, you could do it. We, we, we're seeing it. You can do it if you have to, but we're all going to be miserable as a result of that. Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. Like what, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Just to prove that you could, It's like climbing Everest. Like, okay, cool, dude. Now you got fucking frostbite for the rest of your life. (laughs) It's dumb. Um, But yeah, it's like being intentional about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Getting down at the kid's level, looking them in their eyes and be like, hey, this is how we fucking do this, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's important. I think it's the most important part of your life is probably then like three to ten year period where you're learning how to be a human being mm-hmm. and you're starting to interact with other people and, and with meaningful conversation and you know progressively more autonomy and things like that mm-hmm. and Mr. Beast is teaching kids now more than their parents unfortunately mm-hmm. so it's like we built this world and now we're living in it we're all unhappy about it and it is our fault alone that it is like this. Now, that sounds pessimistic, but the good news is, is that if you create a problem, you can also solve it. You are the solution to that problem, right? So mm-hmm. you just change your behavior.
0: Which is really hard it for is. anyone that's trying to create a new habit, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you feel so overwhelmed. And I think that it goes back to that intrinsic self-doubt that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So then they don't take action because they think that it's it's diffusing responsibility. So do, you think,
1: do you think that parents in the 50s had this um what do you call it uh uh imposter syndrome about being parents
0: for sure probably like did
1: did, did a 19 year old get an 18 year old pregnant in 1950 be like oh fuck we gotta raise a kid now i don't know that they did maybe to some degree but definitely not like it is now the level of anxiety around having kids now is so high it's like dude we were doing this before we could speak Mm mm-hmm right? Like 250,000 years ago. But you had a different support system
0: though too back then, right? So most people didn't leave more than, um, was it 200 miles from where they were born ever?
1: Yes, certainly. But they also had woolly mammoths running around (laughs) 250,000 years ago and they figured it out, right?
0: For sure. You can figure it out. We can adapt. Mm. I think that's what human beings do is like we adapt, Mm. we manipulate, we change our environment, ourselves. But I think it's a lot harder to do when you're isolated and it's fewer people are having kids. So then there's fewer people around you that kind of share your reality and Mm. um, like your struggles. And I think that's really important, especially for moms and women is to be able to like unload, right? Mm. Emotionally unload. So now you have less of that support system. You live maybe a thousand miles away from your mom, a thousand miles away from your grandmother. There's none of that Uh, like that nest that used Mm. to be there. Because typically I'm sure the men were out hunting and protecting and scouting and all of that. So like that female tribe is gone. So then when you see other people going through that struggle, you're like, oh, that seems really fucking hard. I don't want to do that. right? Right. So then there's this avoidance. Instead of saying, how can we create community? Mm. How can we create a support system? Um, And I think that's kind of where you see this like new adaptation of like, what is a man? Because we do want men to be more involved in the child rearing process. Mm -hmm. It's crucial and super important. and then you get some people in the red pill community that are like, my dad hit me and that's great. And he just worked and worked and worked and he was never home because that's what a man does is he just provides. And it's like, well, providing shows up in a, different, a whole bunch of different ways. It's not just a paycheck. So you do need to show up and be present with your kids. So um, maybe we are just redefining what that tribe is. Mm. But I think that it needs to be intentional. And the more success stories that we see, the more it's going to make other people think that they're able to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, how do you do that? How do you, like, as a woman in America in 2023, how, how do we recreate a tribe like that for women? Because it is, like, just seeing, when you when you see somebody going through it before you're involved in it, it can feel daunting. But when you see other people going through what you're going through, it feels like, it, 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 it does kind of normalize a little bit. It's like, oh, this is just, it just kind of sucks. Like, you're in customer service 24 <laughs> hours of every fucking day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And anybody that's worked in customer service before and knows that it can be fun sometimes it can be interesting sometimes and it can suck a lot of the time right and it's like it a, it's a huge uh emotional burden and i you know it's uh, for what it's worth uh you know i know because I, I experience this myself sometimes just coming home after a long day at work it's like the last thing i want to do is sit down and listen to somebody else's problems right <laughs> yeah um but that's what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got to have like some frank conversation and be like, Hey, I need a minute. And then you can tell me whatever the fuck you want mm-hmm. right? or something. You got to figure it out. Cause mm-hmm. I've had that problem in the past too. It's just like, I come home and just sit there and stare at the fucking wall for two hours. Like, all right, now I'm ready, but that's not a that's, you can't do that. Right. So, uh, how, how are you, I guess that's a two part question. What do you think we can do vis-a-vis recreating some of that, you know, I guess, fellowship amongst women to kind of unload on each other. And then what followed up with, like, what can a man do at the end of his long day? Because we both had long days. Mm -hmm. And you've been in work situations before where it's like everybody thinks they're the only ones doing any work, Mm -hmm. right? And everybody starts to get mad at each other. Uh, And that's where a good manager is like, hey, everybody's working hard. You guys got to calm the fuck down. So... Mm
0: -hmm. I think you almost have, like, an internal gauge as to... Whose turn it kind of is yeah. right like you can emotionally pick up on like who needs it more right usually somewhat Hopefully and in my experience It's kind of always worked out this way is you have one person That's kind of riding high and like they're energized and their cup is full while the other person's maybe at a lower spot And then that flips so it's recognizing like am I in the high position or am I in the low position? Am I in the position to give or am I in the position that I need support? And if you are in the position where you need to give support, it's your turn. You do that without doing tit for tat. It's not like, well, the last three nights I've done this, so now it's your turn. It's sometimes mm. those stretches are a little bit longer. It's not necessarily always even, and it's not supposed to be. And I don't think that that's what like a true partnership is um, should be based on. It's not like keeping score essentially. Um, and then it's also the idea of asking for support and not for permission. Like mm. I love that idea so we can get into this place where we automatically think everyone is against us and no one is giving us what we need and it's not asking, it's just saying, I need to go meditate, I need to go into the sauna, I need to go whatever can you do this mm. right like lovingly and not saying like i'm owed this mm. so taking that tone out and when it comes to creating the female support i think it's kind of what you mentioned it's like what's like the closest actionable thing that i can do and it's not to start like a national mm. nonprofit or an <laughs> app or whatever it's start locally so for me my postpartums both times are really tricky so knowing that when i have my friends around me that have recently had kids like i am bringing food i'm booking massages for them i'm talking to their husbands i'm like you need to do this for her because their their experience is like a new dad is very different like mm. you cannot compare the two so they have no idea what goes into the healing process so i'll be like oh you need to get her um a masseuse to come over that'll help with her healing especially if she had a cesarean for example and he's like i didn't even think of that or make sure she goes into a sauna that's really good for her like just stuff that they probably don't know, right? So just like getting involved within the people around you, even if you're not super close with them, it's just the right thing to do. So I have um, women in my like kind of close circle, but we're not, I wouldn't say we're like super good Mm -hmm. friends, but they recently had a baby and they don't have community. All of their family is kind of estranged. They don't have good role models as to like, what is this supposed to be? And I just interject myself, right? I'm like, take it or leave it. I'm not saying this is the only way, but Based mm. off my experience, like, how can I provide some of these resources for you? Yeah. And then hopefully it's like a pay it forward situation where then they, you know, they do that when it's their turn.
1: Well, that's what I always tell people. Um, cause my, let me see a diplomatic way to put this. My side hustle is helping people, and sometimes that's, uh, helping them directly, and sometimes it's hurting people who hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. That's diplomatic enough. Um, and they'll say thank you, right? I'm like you can thank me by somebody's gonna need your help, and you go to help them. I don't mm-hmm. need you to thank me. It's just meaningless to me for you to thank me. To be honest, um, I mean, I'm glad that you're appreciative. That's mm-hmm. not what I mean. I mean that, like it. <clears throat> I didn't do it for that. I did it because that's the right fucking thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a problem solver, right? So it's like uh, if. If if someone I was says they're hungry, I look in my – I keep, like, notes. I'm a weirdo. Like, okay, what are the foods that she's mentioned that she likes or something? And I'll just order shit a shitload of it. But I feel like women need more than that. It isn't just about solving the problem. Sometimes no. you just got to be there. Mm-hmm. Whether you're speaking or not, just sit there and fucking let her exist in your presence a little bit because I feel like it calms you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, But don't say calm down, right, <laughs> obviously, but <laughs> – uh, I feel like, w- w- can you, can you opine on that? I feel like that's a pretty good strategy, but it's, you know, it's always kind of a.
0: So there's this, um there's this book, I think I mentioned it to you and I mentioned it to Gerard when I saw you, which it's called I, the, the Queen's I, Code. I,
1: I ordered it. It's a, yeah.
0: Every woman needs to read this book. I, I can't recommend it enough, but there's this idea. Wait, th- say the name of it again. The Queen's Code. It's by Alice, Alison Armstrong. Mm-hmm. So. Men like to problem solve, right? Like that is what you guys are good at. It gives you purpose. Um, there's like a definitive end goal at the end, yeah. right? You can like, there's something tangible. I did something yeah. and it turned. But into it's like something a love else. language
1: thing, right? You can for sure. If you 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 like to be loved the way you like. You you like to love the way you like to be loved, but that isn't necessarily how that person needs to feel love from you, right?
0: Right. And that's uh that's another book. So it's the meaning of love, I think, by Tishnahan. And he says that without understanding there can't be love. So if mm. you don't understand what how someone receives love if you're giving it in a different way, it can even come off as like cruel because yeah. that's just not what they're into. And he uses <laughs> a really good example of just um just personal taste. Like if you hated milkshakes and every time I see you, my love language is like making this milkshake and I mm. give it to you, you're like, fuck, I don't want that milkshake, right? <laughs> so now you're creating more space between the two people. But women, sometimes it is just like that unloading that is all we need. And if you have a man that's like, I've got the solution to that. It's like, well, were you listening to me or were you actively trying to solve a problem? Because those two things are are different to us. So we sometimes we just want to be you know, like energetically or even like physically right. held in that space. Yeah. It doesn't need a solution. Just like, like an that. autistic kid
1: <laughs> just hold you down. Right.
0: Yeah. And then you feel better yeah. at the end of it.
1: Yeah. It's it's <laughs> and the I think it's good to have conversations like that with your partner because um for a lot of reasons. One, just ninety-three percent of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So you gotta get that verbal part out of the way because the bulk of it is gonna be the 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 way that your nonverbal communication is accurate and accurately received I think is based on the foundation of the small part of verbal communication here are my expectations here's what I like and what I don't like here's like I um uh the dad edge you know this guy right oh, I'll hook out with him he's really good um <clears throat> he has all these little you know tips and tricks for communication which I find helpful it's like ask your partner what is it that I do that makes you feel the most loved mm. and and right. I'll make a list, right. Cause it's going to be more than one thing probably. And then, you know, maybe it's that specific thing you can do for them when they're upset or whatever the fuck, maybe you glean more out of it. Maybe it isn't just the, the act itself, but it's what it means to them. And you can find other ways to do that. But I think that's really important because it is, we are, you know, full and empty from time to time as a couple. And then, you know, individually. And we've grown so accustomed to comfort that when both partners aren't full, people think there's something wrong with the relationship. But mm-hmm. that's not true, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it, there's something wrong, but not with the relationship. The relationship is fine. But you think because, man, I'm feeling great and she's unhappy. Does that mean we're not supposed to be together? Like, that's mm-hmm. fucking dumb, dude. Mm-hmm. No, it means you, she needs your attention,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Or he needs your attention or whatever. That's really, that's a, for some reason, has been a very hard lesson for people to learn. And I'm not sure they have because they maybe and maybe it's a maybe it's a consequence of people being so flighty and and dissolving relationships being so much easier these days than it has been in the past or so much more socially acceptable or whatever. But that's a really dumb way to go about something. Mm -hmm. That's like as soon as you meet some resistance, you go in the other direction. What kind of pussy bullshit is that? Mm -hmm. No wonder we have shallow, weak and fragile relationships now.
0: Well, you think everything is supposed to be like butterflies all of the time and like that last character
1: is more important than chemistry.
0: For sure. Right. Yeah. And no matter what, you're gonna go through it with Mm. somebody. So it's a matter of like how deep you want to go with some with any one person. Like you when it gets difficult, you can, you know, hit the emergency Mm. eject button, go to the next person, but you're gonna constantly be in that cycle. I think where you have to Again, it's like almost an overcorrection because you had to stay in marriage. You weren't allowed to leave if there was abuse or um, whatever, like if there was a real reason that you should be able to get out and you couldn't get out. But now you get out for any reason. (coughs) So I think it's you have to ask yourself is just is this a really difficult time of transformation where there's something really beautiful and powerful on the other side of it? Or is my partner no longer willing to do the work? And Mm. I think that's the biggest question. And it's like no matter how hard it gets and how disconnected you feel, as long as both people are committed to working on themselves and then obviously thus the relationship, then you have a a place to grow to. But if you have someone that is completely, completely committed to, um, like blame or being done or I don't know, like not seeing that perspective. I think that's when you have the conversation of maybe this isn't worth staying in.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you got to check yourself too. Like before I, I, that is one of my just critical rules about my worldview is like, the more I want to believe something, the more like skeptical I become of that thing. Mm. And I, you know, I don't want it, not that I'm becoming cynical about it or anything. It's like, I really want this to be true. That's a that's a warning sign mm. that I'm being lied to or that my brain is lying to me, right? Like mm-hmm. I've got to figure out what's going on here. And then, you know, <clears throat> for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what the evolutionary point of this is, but we are so much quicker to blame other people than ourselves mm-hmm. when that is usually not appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if it the blame... From ourselves would be like, okay, this is dumb. You got to get out of here, right? Or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, but we, it's just so much easier, I guess, to, to, to cast all of our problems onto somebody, some external tormentor of some sort whether mm. it's like oh fucking the planets are misaligned or this <laughs> god or that god hates me or whatever mm. the fuck right or or the jews or people just come <laughs> up with all these weird fucking reasons that, that or or the patriarchy or white people or whatever Oh, the right?
0: patriarchy is the worst yeah. but it's, it's like the worst we
1: do it's we, we make fun of these people mm-hmm. we make fun of all of these blue hairs that are running around talking about white supremacy and the patriarchy but we do the same goddamn thing Mm-hmm. right all the time even if it's at the micro level so it's like you've got to look towards yourself a little bit like how am i fucked up here mm-hmm. am i and then if you like i don't see anything fucked up and then go ask the person you're in a conversation with hey am i fucked up or is this mm-hmm. something that we need to sort out here what's going on here and i think you know it's disarming for people like the in the same way you were talking about how if you need something say, hey, I need this right now. Can you do this for me and just be polite? Mm-hmm. I think it's disarming when you say, hey, I can't tell if I'm fucked up or you are, but we need to have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. You know, just opening up the possibility that the the blame may be shared, I think gives people an avenue, a graceful avenue to admit, you know what, I might be fucked up too. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah, it's like we expect perfection out of our partner. And I think... um, Anytime they fall short, then that's like a reason why they're yeah. not not—they're not good enough or they're the wrong person.
1: But would you want to be judged that way?
0: No, for like sure. Like for your every
1: mistake, you want that to be no. a rap? What the fuck? Man? No,
0: definitely not. But I... It- I think we beat ourselves up so much that we it's all a mirror, right? So Mm. as cruel as we are in our inner dialogue, like to audit that for a day, and I guarantee it's probably horrendous for most people, the way that you talk to yourself. So of course you talk to your partner that way, right? It's all reciprocated. Um, And then when it comes to the disconnect, I think it's like not stop, it's for women to stop expecting men to be the perfect woman and for men to just like, I guess like just communicate what they don't know. So like women mm. want men, women want men to mind read, and if they fail every time, of course, right? <laughs> like that they're, uh, they're not going to do a stellar job at that. So instead of just um, making assumptions, say, "Is this a time where you need to just like emotionally unload, or would you like me to solve this problem for you?" And then that just gets rid of a lot of the the problem that's going to happen mm. later, the argument that's going to happen later. And she'll be like, "Oh, I just want to unload. Thank you for asking." Mm. You know what I mean? So like we expect men to be the perfect woman. Yeah.
1: And then you say calm down afterwards. Yeah, calm down. I think is the- Stop being crazy. The best way to do that. Yeah. Maybe not that. <laughs> um, so before we get out of here, there's two. We I've I mentioned it before, and obviously fans of the show know that we have this list of principles. And uh, I believe that you picked two. Yeah, I gave you um, two. <clears throat> uh, the first one is- I will not sacrifice liberty for security. Now, this is obviously a bastardization of Ben Franklin's old statement about deserving neither. If you do that, mm-hmm. um, but what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that's never been more clear than you know, twenty twenty, or even like now, is you see how much people are willing to give away in order to feel safe and that it doesn't even give you safety at the end of the day. And then it's that slow encroachment of your freedom. So it's like this one thing, then it's another thing, then it's another thing. And then before it, you're literally stuck in your house and if you leave, you can get arrested. That's crazy. So I think when we saw that happen at such a, an escalated rate, over the last couple of years, it blows my mind that you see people that are still so willing to try to like mandate or force people to comply. So I think it's really important that everyone kind of holds their ground on that. And it's like, I'm not giving you an inch Mm. because it doesn't stop at an inch. And I think when you become a parent, that becomes even more important because if you can take this much within three years, what are you going to take in his lifetime? Mm. So it's your responsibility to maintain the freedom that he is owed just by existing, right? Like it's these are god-given rights that you have and it's not to be encroached on by government and just because you don't feel safe i mean safety is not a guarantee life is dangerous nature is dangerous right um transformation is dangerous and it's your job to protect you and yours it's not big daddy government's job to do that so um yeah for me that's it's crucial especially right now
1: there's also like uh (sighs) It is very empowering to the individual to have secured their own rights mm-hmm. as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, uh, w- and whatever you want to call it, anxiety or imposter syndrome about being an adult or whatever the fuck's going on these days, that's become so pervasive. The inoculation to it is to do it yourself. Right? Be competent. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like that. And that's, that's what anxiety is. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know if we talked about this uh, when you were on the other show, but I did have a conversation with someone about this recently. It was like anxiety is natural. It's like pain. It's telling you something's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And what anxiety is telling you is that you're unprepared for -hmm. what you're facing right now. Mm -hmm. You're unsure and unprepared for what you're facing. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generalized or localized anxiety, it's the same thing. And the only solution to that is to become prepared. That's it hmm Clarity right. and confidence. But, it, but it's yeah. very fucking it's a very simple solution. Now the 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 path to become prepared might suck mm-hmm. and it may not be simple in its own right, but you know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. You may not know how to do it exactly, but you know what to do. And that's that's a good start, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um the second one is I'll live a life worth dying for. What does that mean? to You I get very disparate answers about
0: this. So when I was thinking about that one when I picked it, it was like what's it all for mm. essentially? So if if you're here on this rock that's spinning around a giant ball of fire, like, what's it all for? What is the fight worth? Like what is getting up worth, right? So you can be super safe in a padded room and that could be your existence from one to 85 if mm. you'd like. Um, Or you can live life a little bit more dangerously, a lot a bit more dangerously, but then you have like a real awesome story to tell at the end of the day and then pass on to your kids and um, that legacy, right? Like that legacy is everyone that Mm. survives you after you're gone. So it's to make decisions and to live a life that was actually lived and not just like like drifted through or Mm. slept through or conformed through or overly comforted through. So it's to have enough pressure to where you are able to grow and like reshape and build and constantly wrestle with ideas and your identity and what does that all mean, right? We have this idea that our beliefs are who we are. It's I don't know, I think it's more of um like it goes back to meaning and purpose. So if you just exist, then what's the point? So I think it's to do things that are risky that maybe cause objection or criticism, but that feel true to you that serve others um, and that lead to personal development and growth.
1: <clears throat> and uh, you've got this show. Well, you've got a couple now, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're, we're doing two now. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well,
1: this the first one was chatting with Candace and you've done over a hundred episodes of that now. Mm-hmm. What's, what's that show about?
0: Everything. So following curiosities, I think it, the main theme is taking, Polarizing topics or controversial conversations, and then approaching it with curiosity and more of like an intimate level. Mm. So it's not like shock jock content. It's right. just really trying to understand how other people think and um, why they think that way, and then presenting information to where hopefully the listeners in a space where they're not agitated, to where they can maybe leave thinking something a little bit different, or just mm. like remain a little bit more open and curious instead of judgmental and like they've got it all figured out because no one does and if someone says that they do they're fucking lying
1: yeah it's i i I really don't um like i don't want to say all because i don't know all but all of the social political commentators that i am aware of um that that's what they do they make content for instagram or wherever the twitter or whatever the fuck No one's trying to convince anybody of anything. No. They're not trying to like build a case for what they believe. They're trying to dunk on people. Exactly. All right, cool, man. I mean, that if that's if that's what you want to do, then go for it. You know, maybe it's effective to some small degree, but
0: I think you're just like polarizing further, right? And you're just dividing further. There's like you're not making any progress whatsoever when all you're doing is dunking.
1: If you think about like Think about war, right? Not not today, but back in the day. Think about war. Because today things end differently usually than they used to. But um, like two countries go to war and it's time for one to surrender. They know it. Everybody knows it, right? But you have to give them a graceful exit. You can't drive them into the ground. This is a mistake we made in World War I by fucking Germany over so hard that it gave them this internal fucking... Uh, just us against the world mentality down to the peasant love, peasantry level mm. in Germany and Austria, where they felt like the world's against us. So if we need to go fucking dominate the world, that's the only option we have. Mm-hmm. That's what you back people into a corner with. And that's a pathological fucking problem. Why like people will do crazy shit. Uh, think of a dog with its back to the wall. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, they will do crazy shit if they feel like they have no option. Mm-hmm. Um, so, That's where diplomacy comes in. You're like, all right, we're going to end this. Here are some concessions you can make. Here are some that we'll make and we'll call this even, right? Mm -hmm. You have to give people a graceful exit, even in conversation. You can't like, (sighs) very very rarely is is a human being, and kudos to the people who can do this, but very rarely is a human being going to be satisfied, capitulating and walking away with nothing to show for it, right? Mm. And you know what? You, you could say, "Well, oh, they, they were wrong. So why should I fucking care? It's because what was your point to be right? It was your point to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which was it? Mm-hmm. If it was just to be right, then you're kind of a cunt, to be honest. Yes. Like, I don't care about that. You don't get points for being right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, everybody was wrong about everything all the way up until the point they were right about it. That's how learning works. Mm-hmm. So you don't get points for all, having always been right because you weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like that. I like that approach. Where it's just like, we're going to have a conversation and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one is a little bit different. And that's with our friends uh Gerard and Mickey Gull um Mm -hmm. who are just two absolute shitbags um (laughs) but dear friends they're they're awesome so what's that one about
0: so that one we take five clips an episode Mm. and usually they're blind reactions so everyone kind of dumps these to our producer and then they'll pick them and then we just kind of pick it apart and just kind of wrestle with ideas Mm. like do you agree disagree extrapolate on this um and then it usually ends with like a ridiculous funny thing that Gerard puts up that has no meaning really um and yeah, it's like those reality shows that kind of do the reality roundup. So mm-hmm. we take the most popular trending ideas um or clips from other podcasts and then just round it up and commentate. Yeah.
1: And the name?
0: Oh, Canceled Weekly. There we go. Yeah. Uh,
1: so Chatting with Candace and Canceled Weekly. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it's. Weekly.
0: It's weekly. For yeah. both
1: shows? Yes. Okay. My
0: Candace one isn't exact. Sometimes it'll be like a week and a half, but Cancelled Weekly is on point because otherwise Gerard would lose his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What day and time does it come out? Wednesdays. Yeah. When mine, can, Chatting with Candace is Wednesdays at some time. Usually mm-hmm. it's 9 a.m. Eastern. And then Cancelled Weekly, I think, drops at midnight on Wednesdays.
1: And these are on.
0: So Cancelled Weekly all is only pods, on. Right? No, not yet. Um, we're trying to move it to the rss feed but right now it's just on youtube and then ch- chatting with candace is everywhere
1: okay mm-hmm. um and uh, tell everybody where they can find you
0: uh you can go to chatting with com or candace Horback on all the socials and then canceled weekly do to spell that
1: last name because it's
0: h-o-r-b-a-c-z it's okay. super polish yeah yeah
1: um well look thanks for coming today i appreciate it. well actually i guess i came here yeah this is your town <laughs> now i haven't lived here in several years uh But thank you for coming out to do the show today. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: And thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen.